Welcome to Gospel Mission Church's message podcast. We pray that as you listen, you will be encouraged in your journey and that your relationship with Father God will be strengthened and deepened. We hope you enjoy this week's message from our guest speaker. Uh, This morning, I'd like to talk to you about the title of my message, A Seat at the King's Table, Having a Seat at the King's Table. And I'd like for us to read 2 Samuel chapter 9. It's quite an interesting story here. So sorry if I I don't pronounce like the biblical names correctly, like I'm French, so I have an excuse, all right? Verse 1, David asked, is there anyone still left of the house of Saul to whom I can show kindness for Jonathan's sake? Now there was a servant of Saul's household named Ziba. They summoned him to appear before David and the king said to him, are you Ziba? At your service, he replied. The king asked, is there no one still alive from the house of Saul to whom I can show God's kindness? Ziba answered the king, there is still a son of Jonathan. He is lame in both feet. Where is he? The king asked. Ziba answered, he is at the house of Machir, son of Amiel in Lodabar. King David had him brought from Lodabar, from the house of Mekir, son of Amiel. When Mephibosheth, son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, came to David, he bowed down to pay him honor. David said, Mephibosheth, at your service, he replied. Don't be afraid, David said to him, for I will surely show you kindness for the sake of your father, Jonathan. I will restore to you all the land that belonged to your grandfather, Saul, and you will always eat at my table. Mephibosheth bowed down and said, What is your servant that you should notice a dead dog like me? Then the king summoned Ziba, Saul's steward, and said to him, I have given your master's grandson grandson, everything that belonged to Saul and his family. You and your sons and your servants are to farm the land for him and bring in the crops so that your master's grandson may be provided for. And Mephibosheth, grandson of your master, will always eat at my table. Now Ziba had 15 sons and 20 servants. Then Ziba said to the king, your servant will do whatever my lord the king commands his servant to do. So Mephibosheth ate at David's table like one of the king's sons. Mephibosheth had a young son named Micah, And all the members of Ziba's household were servants of Mephibosheth. And Mephibosheth lived in Jerusalem because he always ate at the king's table. He was lame in both feet. Wow, what a story. And to really understand this story, we have to put a little context into this. The thing is, is that Saul was king of Israel for about 40 years. And long story short, He died on the battlefield with his son, Jonathan. Now, David becomes king. And in those days, the new king would often just kill all of the preceding king's family. He would just go after them and kill all of them. Why is that? Because he didn't want no threat to the throne. So all of these, the families, preceding king's families were just terrified when a new king would get onto the throne. So you can imagine the fear in Saul's family. If you want to really understand, 
We have to read 2 Samuel chapter 4, verse 4, and I'll read it for you. I think it'll be here. Jonathan, son of Saul, had a son who was lame in both feet. He was five years old when the news about Saul and Jonathan came from Jezreel, so when they died on the battlefield. His nurse picked him up and fled, but as she hurried to leave, he fell and became disabled. His name was Mephibosheth. So you see the story here. They hear about Saul and Jonathan dying on the battlefield. They know it's a new king will come. They're fearing for their life. They're freaking out. They're panicking. And the nurse picks up Mephibosheth. And I don't, we don't know exactly how, but in her panic, she drops the child. He, he hurts his two legs. And from that point on, he is disabled. Now, imagine this. Mephibosheth grows up disabled. It's hard in our days, but you can imagine in those days being disabled, the life they had. So he grows up disabled, sorry, with no father. His father is dead. His grandfather is dead. And he lives in a place the Bible calls Lodabar. Now, Lodabar literally means no pastures. So it's a barren place. It's a place where, where nothing, no fruit, nothing really happens. So again, imagine a young boy in those days, disabled, no father, and he lives in a place called no pastures. Maybe this morning, you feel like Mephibosheth. Maybe that is describing parts of your life. You were hurt by somebody in the past or by an event and you feel disabled. You're not functioning properly. Maybe your relationships are strained. Maybe there's, there's just things in your life that are really affected by what happened in the past. Maybe you grew up with no father or an absentee father or an emotional distant father. So what happens when when you grow up like that is that you grow up like an orphan and you act and react. You have these reactions of an orphan and not of a son or a daughter. Or maybe you, you grow up in a place like Lodabar, an environment of lack, lack of nurture, lack of love, lack of affection, maybe lack of money, all kinds of things that... Today, you say like, wow, this is my situation. But you know what? The story is amazing because someone is looking for you. And here we see in verse 1, David's heart that represents the heart of our loving father. The Bible says, David asked, is there anyone still left of the house of Saul to whom I can show kindness for Jonathan's sake? David wants to show kindness to someone from Saul's house, if you remember, the guy that wanted to kill David, just because of Jonathan. Now, Jonathan, we know Saul's son, but he was David's friend. And they were so, uh, 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 their friendship was so amazing that they made a covenant together in, this, in 1 Samuel chapter 20. So David, because of the covenant with Jonathan, wants to show kindness to someone from his family. 
And in the same way, our Heavenly Father, because of Jesus, because of his sacrifice on the cross, he wants to show kindness to us. He's out there looking for us. And that's amazing. Even in our hurt, in our brokenness, where we tend to just shy away and to, to shut ourselves up, there is a king who is seeking out for us. Another thing, David didn't ask, is there anyone worthy? Does anyone deserve my kindness? No, he just says, is there anyone? <laughs> and that's the heart of our father. Is there anyone? His, his heart is so full of love, so full of grace. He's just looking for somebody that will receive it, that will accept his offer, his love, and his grace. It's pure grace. Now we see the servant's answer in verse 2 and 3. There was a servant of Saul's household named Ziba. And just the verse 3, the king asked, Is there no one still alive from the house of Saul to whom I can show God's kindness? And Ziba answered the king, There is still a son of Jonathan. He is lame in both feet. It's almost like Ziba is saying, Yeah, I know someone that, that could qualify, but, but there's a problem. He's handicapped. He, he doesn't really fit with royalty. He doesn't, he doesn't really fit with the, the image, the perfect image of, of the royal family. So there, there's a problem. And, and, and that's a bit like us. We think that God has all these standards that, that, and, 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 and we disqualify ourselves. We dis disqualify people. Because it, it, it doesn't really fit. God has to be, the, the, you have to be perfect to receive his blessing. You have to be perfect to, to just be with him. But David says, no, 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 no. I just want somebody to show God's kindness to. You see, it's again, we forget it's all about pure grace. It's all about his love not about what we can do, but it's all about what he did on the cross and what he's doing because of the cross. Amen. So the, after Ziba says, you know, he's lame in both feet, he's, he's handicapped. Verse 4, look at what the king answers, how he answers. He just says, well, where is he? <laughs> That's amazing. The, Ziba is like, oh man, there's a problem. He's handicapped. The king says, where is he? Where is he? He doesn't say like, oh yeah? <laughs> Does his handicap show a lot? Or he doesn't say, oh, that is a problem. Is there someone else? No. David says, where is he? Go get him. And again, this is pure grace. And it makes me think of Genesis chapter 3, when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden. Remember that story? And what happened? They feared right away. Fear gripped their hearts. Shame just enveloped them. And what did they do? They hid from God. They went and they, they made themselves, you know, uh, these belts to cover themselves. And they hid. And what did God do? He went after them. He went after them not to hit them, not to punish them. Where are they? Where are you? Where are you? 
Because he wanted them to come out from their hiding place for him to show again his grace. He's the one who covered Adam and Eve. And today, he's calling each one of us to come out of our hiding place. He's calling each one of us to, to say, like, to, for us to understand that he's not mad at us. He's not angry at us. But he wants us to come out from our shame and to change this, this view that we have of him, to, that we fear, we fear, we fear because of our sinfulness. And he says, no, 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 you know what? I provided a way. My son Jesus died on the cross for you. And forget about trying to cover yourselves. Trying to, to forget about trying to make your, your, your belts of fig, fig leaves. No, I'm going to cover you with my love, with my grace, because Jesus died on the cross for you. Amen? Now we see verse 5 to 13, the effects of grace. What, what does grace do? What does the love of this king do to us? Well, first of all, like I was just saying, it removes fear. In verse 7, it's, David said, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. When Mephibosheth gets to him and he says, like, I'm just a dead dog. I'm just a dead. I'm not worthy. I'm lame in both feet. And the king says, don't be afraid. For I will surely show you kindness for the sake of your father, Jonathan. Can you imagine Mephibosheth when he hears these words? He thinks he's going to die. He thinks that the king is, is after him to kill him because he's a heir of Saul's throne. And he thinks he's a dead dog. That's his confession. He sees himself as a dead dog. He's lying in front of the king. He says, this is it. And the king says, don't be afraid because I want to show God's kindness to you. Wow. He thought he, had, he was destined to a life of, if he wouldn't be killed, to a life of lack and misery. He could hardly believe these words. And it's a bit like us. Really, it's hard to believe. Grace is hard to understand. The, 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 the unconditional, everlasting love of God the Father is hard for us to grasp and understand. When we hear this message, really, he loves us that much? It's like, it can't be possible. And our default setting is always to try and deserve his love. It's always to try and do stuff and do things. And when we fail, then we try to do twice as hard. Try to, to you know, to cover up. Say, okay, because he can't accept me like this. I'm lame. In two feet. I'm a dead dog. And the Father, God the Father, this amazing king that we have, who's our Father, says, Don't be afraid. I just want to shower you with my love, shower you with my kindness, shower you with my grace. The Bible says in 1 John 4:18, there is no fear in love. There is no fear in in love but perfect love drives out fear i love this because fear has to do with punishment the one who fears is not made perfect in love 
come on. No fear in love. Perfect love drives out fear. Mephibosheth is there fearing for his dear life. I'm a dead dog. I'm lame. I have no part in royalty. I'm disqualified in so many areas. And the king says, don't be afraid. I just want to love on you. So it removes fear. Grace and love just removes it all. Secondly, it gives us access to an abundant life. When we start receiving his grace, when we start receiving his love, there's an abundant life that opens up for us. Verse 9 to 12, but just read the verse 9. Then the king summoned Ziba, Saul's steward, and said to him, I have given your master's grandson everything that belonged to Saul and his family. (laughs) Now again, he thought he would be killed. And the king says, no, don't be afraid. I want to show you kindness. And I'm going to give you everything that your grandfather had. Whoa, pretty good deal, eh? Pretty good deal. Mephibosheth in that moment entered into his inheritance. Not because he did anything. No, he didn't do nothing. He just received the grace, the love, and the, fa- and, 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 the, and the kindness of the king. And that's what happens. That's what grace does. It gives us access to our spiritual inheritance. It gives us access to the, the abundant life that Jesus promised to each one of us. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, that we're blessed with every spiritual blessing in Jesus. Amen? And lastly, the the incredible love and grace of our king gives us access to his table. Love, grace of our father king gives us access to his table. Verse 13, I love this. And Mephibosheth lived in Jerusalem because he always ate at the king's table. And by the way, He was lame in both feet. Like the author is just hammering this, just nailing this. I want you guys to understand. This guy has nothing of royalty in the sense that he's lame. He feels like he's a dead dog. He's all these things. And, but still, because of the favor and the grace and the love of the king, he has a seat at his table. Wow, ain't that cool? Now picture Mephibosheth, the lame, sitting at the table with David's children. Wow. Amnon, the cunning. Tamar, the beauty. Solomon, the wise. Absalom, the handsome with his long hair. And Mephibosheth, the lame. Can you picture it? Mephibosheth is there, a smile like, whoa, this is so cool. I was in Lodabar. I was in that place with no pastures. I had no future. And now I'm sitting at the king's table with all these amazing people. He's there. He's joining in on the, in the conversations. He hears what the king has to say. 
and he eats as much as he wants. I love that. I love eating. Wow. It's amazing. It's an amazing story. And the story, like I said, finishes by saying that he was lame in both feet. It's like, again, the Holy Spirit really wants us to understand that this story is an amazing story of love and grace. And you know, when we see our own weaknesses, when we see our lameness, our disabilities, we often have this tendency to disqualify us. I'm not, I, I can't do this. I'm not equipped. I'm not this. I'm not that. God can't really, really do this in my life, in my family. But you know, when we have a true revelation of who our king is, that he's our father, that he really, really, really loves us, we can lift our eyes off of our lameness, off of our disabilities, and look into his eyes. And you know what we're going to see? We're going to see pure love, pure affection. We're going to see the king of kings smiling at us. This is my son. This is my daughter, my beloved in whom I am well pleased. And when we receive this over our lives, suddenly our lameness is not as lame as it was. Our weaknesses are not as weak as they were. Our imperfections, they're just covered in his love and in his grace. At that point, in that moment, we know that we are Mephibosheth. That's us. That story is about me. That story is about you. And our story is a story of amazing grace. So, even in our lameness, we are invited to sit at the king's table. Come on. The invitation is there this morning to sit at the king's table. At that table, there is pure love, no fear. There is no shame. You can be lame and be sitting at the king's table. There's intimacy because you're hearing the king's voice. Wow. You're hearing his point of view on the affairs, on the things of this world, of what's going on. You hear his heart. You hear him interact with other, your, your siblings. At that table, there's joy because you're still, you're like, is this really happening? <laughs> like, you're pinching yourself. I was supposed to be dead. I thought of myself a dead dog not too long ago. And now I'm treated as a son? Yeah. There's peace at that table. Because you don't fear. Your, 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 your future is secured because of his love and because of his grace. At that table, there's healing. Of all your past hurts, of all the, the time with, when the nurse dropped you, 
all the events that happened in your life that scarred you, that marked you at that table because you were sitting next to the king and just receiving this pure river of love and grace and mercy that's gushing towards you, there's healing for your heart. There's healing for your soul. And healing always brings restoration. I can imagine Mephibosheth, after eating, getting up, and maybe, I don't know, I just, and he's like, wow, that's my seat. My name is on that seat. And I want you to know this morning that your name is written on that seat. There is a place, there is a seat for you at the king's table. My friend, come to the table. Come to the table. Come out of your hiding place. Come out of that place of shame because there's an invitation for you. Come and sit at the table. There is a father king waiting for you. Amen? Let us stand, please. What a story. Eh? What a story. It's your story. It's my story. Father, let us pray. Father, thank you so much for this river of grace, river of love flowing towards each one of us. Father, thank you that this story is in the Bible and it's such a description of who we are. Lord, of our, our hurts and, our, and all the, our, the lack that we've had in our lives. And Lord, just sometimes this, this um, false identity, we think we're dead dogs. We think we're, we don't deserve anything. We don't, and, and you just come and you seek us. You, you search for us. You, you just want, we have a target on our backs. <laughs> Because you just want to zoom in on us and, and, and just throw your arrows of love and grace towards us. And I pray, Father, that each one of us, yeah, we would come out of our place of hiding. We would come out of our place and, and, and just meet this Father King we have. This pure love, pure grace that changes everything for us. Changes, changes the way we think the way we feel changes our lives, changes the way we walk, re -re with the way we react. And I pray that we would understand that we, we cannot deserve our seat at your table. We can just accept your invite. So Father, in Jesus' name, we come to you. We come at the table and we receive your love and your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, everybody. Thanks for listening. If there's anything we can do to help you along in your journey, email prayer at gmchurch.ca. If you'd like to see what's coming up at Gospel Mission Church or learn more about us, visit gmchurch.ca.